Hello, everyone. It's great to have you again for another podcast of ours. And uh, if you've been tuning in and you like the kind of content we share here, I want to encourage you to go over to amazing.com. And we have a lot more like these podcasts and we have articles, we have event coverage, we have job listings, there's a whole lot of stuff happening. So head over to amazing.com. I'm Twain Kaler, the editor at amazing.com. Uh, and we have with us today, Grant Gumina. He is the Director of Product Management at Upbound. And we're going to be having a great conversation today on just what Upbound does uh, in the Kubernetes space. So Grant, it's, it's great to have you here with us. Hey, thank you so much, Twain. Really excited to talk with you and your audience about some of the cool stuff we're doing at Upbound. Awesome, awesome. You know, and yeah, about talking about stuff at Upbound, you know, I just visited the website and you know, I saw that you guys uh, just recently completed your, you know, 100% coverage of all three major cloud providers. So congrats on that. And, you know, what does that mean for your customers? Yeah, so that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. We're super proud of the work, obviously, we've done and really excited about what we can do for customers with it. Um, the thing to kind of remember, or just to kind of understand first, is Upbound is sort of like a platform for building platforms using control planes. And I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but basically... The fundamental idea is customers use Upbound to build their own cloud platform on top of all their existing infrastructure and services that they're using. And that has a lot of benefits and there's a bunch of interesting stuff there. Um, and so since we launched, uh, we actually had support for most of the major big three cloud providers, but you know there were some gaps. And mm -hmm. now thanks to some really clever work we did actually with the Crossplane community, which is an open source project we founded and, and invented and donated to the CNCF, we actually added more, way more cloud provider support as well as 100% resource coverage in all the major hyperscale cloud providers. So end result is customers can build better, uh, deeper platforms uh, with the control planes that up, the Upbound platform gives them. That's awesome, wow. That's, I want to know, so which came first? Was Crossplane first or was Upbound first? <laughs> That's a really good question. I think. So it, it kind of happened at the same time. Um, okay. Upbound, the company started late 2017, like very late 2017. And then mm -hmm. Crossplane, the open source project was open sourced in 2018. Uh, okay. We donated it to the CNCF in about, I think, 2020. And then shortly thereafter, we became a uh, Crossplane, I should say, rather, became an incubating project. Uh, awesome. Wow. That's interesting. So, yeah, you know, so talking about uh, like you mentioned briefly, even uh, the platform model. Uh, so, you know, the first time I came across it was in this, uh, the state of DevOps report, uh, quite a popular report. And, right. uh, they are big on this idea of uh, the platform model. And I love all the stats that they give, you know, and it's pretty much like, you know, there is a lot of consensus around this idea. Uh, but, you know, it's quite different. The, the platform model is quite new uh, in many ways. And, you know, previously how developers would, you know, get access to the resources they need was very different, you know, raising a ticket, walking up to IT, bribing them, all of that. But, you know, it's, it's totally changing now with the platform model, you know, and uh, could you tell us about this change and, and what does it mean? What's the platform model? Yeah, well, it, I think it's a, it's a great question. And if you, it depends on who you ask, right? Um, but I think if you ask customers, mm -hmm. like fundamentally, um, every organization we talk to and work with, you know, is investing in various different initiatives, uh, sometimes platform, sometimes not to do one thing, which is they wanna make 
their customers happier by giving them new products, new features faster. And mm -hmm. I think like this platform model, a big component of it is, you know, the ability to self-service, right? And so the ability mm -hmm. to self-service infrastructure and also have a single pane of glass for management, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea behind self-service that I've seen and why customers are adopting a platform model is that, you know, if the people building your application, so your developers can get access to the tools that they need faster without red tape mm -hmm. and negotiation and tickets and emails, then they'll be able to iterate on applications more quickly and ultimately, you know, ship faster. And so I think there's a emerging trend or body of work in the industry. Um, like maybe it's just like a, I don't know if it's more than a meme because there's like real, real customers are talking about it. Uh, called like platform engineering. And, you know, when we see mm. and talk with customers and they tell us about the platform, they'll say something like, hey, we are literally trying to build our own version of AWS. Like we are literally trying to build our own cloud platform. Like they want something that looks and feels like the AWS cloud console uh, in their environment for their customers and, you know, internal like users and everything but they don't want the services to be EKS, RDS, and VPCs. Instead, they want to mm -hmm. actually define, well, what is Kubernetes at my company? What is a database? What is networking? And what should those be for my company, my teams, and even you know, potentially their um, customers? And so you know, they're motivated to, to, to do this, to build these internal cloud platforms because you know, they want to give a sort of paved road self-service experience to developers mm -hmm. to deploy their apps to production without that red tape and faster because that results in happier customers. And then simultaneously, they're trying to give their operators like a single meta like pane of glass to see mm -hmm. in real time all the resource usage in across infrastructure environments, vendor relationships, on-prem, cloud, edge, wherever in order mm -hmm. to reduce the cloud spend, make um, more intelligent business decisions about you know, procuring new services or signing new contracts. And um, in order to do that, you have to have like a layer in between all those infrastructure environments and then the people that use them. And that's the platform, right? That's, that is what they're trying to do. Um, and I think at, from our perspective at Upbound, building one of these things is like super, super hard. Like it's really, really hard to do by yourself. Um, you know, first of all, you have to build one, right? Like you can't actually buy something off the shelf that sits between, mm -hmm. between like your mainframe, your Amazon environment, and maybe like the GCP environment, you know, someone created via shadow IT and that's where like a mission critical app is <laughs> or whatever, right? <laughs> um, you know, if you... There are some products out there that kind of do this, like you know, Google has Anthos. There's Arc from from Azure. There's uh, you know, OpenShift, Tanzu, other things that that provide you know, claim to provide like a single pane of glass and a great experience for app developers. But you know, from our perspective, there they kind of have a one like in a very opinionated perspective about infrastructure that works with the platform. You know, so you have to kind of be all in on one vendor or another, or you don't get the benefits of the platform. And then they also have a really opinionated perspective on the abstractions or APIs people use to self-serve the infrastructure. So if you want to use like a different version of Kubernetes in your platform, 
Um, and you don't, it, like, let's say I want Kubernetes from, you know, Giant Swarm or someone, and I don't want it to be GKE, or I want uh, a different service mesh other than Istio in my platform. Um, you, if you change those things, um, you lose out on all the benefits that they give you. So mm -hmm. buying a platform off the shelf is kind of like a, a non-starter for customers. And so they're left to like build one themselves. And the problem we saw at Upbound was there's really no unifying or common approach to building a platform. There isn't a community or wasn't a community for sharing best practices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, the, the solutions vendors offered didn't meet the needs of customers. And so um, that motivated us to invent um, the Crossplane project because our key insight, you know, our backgrounds at Upbound before, you know, the company was started was building uh, the company DNA, the founders of the company had a lot of experience building hyperscale cloud computing environments um, prior to starting Upbound. And the key mm -hmm. insight was the way Azure works, the way AWS works, the way GCP works is they're all architected around a control plane. And we feel like a control plane is like the missing component that customers have, or, or our customers are missing or they're lacking in their sort of efforts to build their own platform. And you know, so that's why we we've, we realized like in order for customers to win, uh, there needed to be an open source framework and community and vendor neutral space. You know, I actually want to get to this part of cross-planning just a bit, but before yeah, that, okay. just setting up kind of the, you know, the problem, you know, that we're trying to solve with cross-plane and upbound mm -hmm. and all of that. And to that end, I want to uh, just dig a little bit into what you were talking about just before this, which is uh, you're talking about how, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, for developers, it's the self-service developer experience. And then for, you know, the operators, you know, it's a different uh, benefit, you know, them being able to enable that. Uh, but you're also talking about that you don't buy it, you build it. And, you know, so I want to ask about, uh, you know, in terms of selling this concept uh, for you as, you know, cross-plane upbound and also from, you know, customer's point of view, you know, uh, just buying into this new idea because, Typically, when you talk to the ops team, they don't want to build something new that's complex and that spans the whole organization, which is pretty much what this is. So, you know, I was just wanting you to share a bit about what's it like selling something like this, uh, you know, and just get, getting buy-in for this and what's it from the customer side, just being able to commit to it. Well, the, the, the beauty of all of this is that we really don't have to sell or convince the customers of this approach because they already yeah. recognize, like the platform teams already will tell you, we're, well, we're already doing this. Um, they're, they're already actively, you know, working on, you know, platform related or self-service related initiatives. And a lot of times they have different names. Like sometimes there's mm -hmm. the initiative that's been ongoing for like nine years to, <laughs> to model everything as infrastructure as code. And then there's like oh, a yeah. team that maintains the Jenkins pipeline that deploys it and you know, manages all the complex like workflow logic in the pipeline to make sure um, things get deployed correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like teams that are focused on providing Kubernetes um, clusters on demand. And then there's a team that's doing another thing. And then there's usually the team that we encounter <laughs> that's trying mm -hmm. to figure out like, well, we kind of have like bits and pieces of this platform working, how do we actually unify all of that and consolidate it? And there's 
Uh, and that's when, honestly, those teams discover that cross-plane project, right? Because it, it solves a lot of, it provides that sort of open framework for mm-hmm. incorporating containers and Kubernetes and IAC, it, not even IAC, but declarative infrastructure management and continuous mm-hmm. reconciliation all in one package. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, what Upbound does is kind of gives them the turnkey solution and production ready control planes, and, as well as a bunch of other components that they can use to like build their entire platform on. That's interesting. So where do you think, you know, these customers are getting primed on this idea? You know, are they looking at others around and saying, hey, these guys are doing it, or are they going to conferences and, and hearing, you know, hey, this, this sounds interesting, let me try. Where do you think this is coming from? That's a really good question. I mean, um, you know, prior to my experience here at Upbound, I'd worked at, you know, Microsoft and other like big companies in the past. And uh, for a long time, the hyperscalers have been, if you work there as a developer or an engineer, you had a way to very quickly get databases or new dev environments or resources um, with, without actually like talking to central IT or anything like that. Um, and so those companies have, and like a lot of like really modern advanced uh, software engineering companies have been operating in this model for a long time. And I think you're totally right. Like, you know, you go to a DevOps or software engineering conference and you see a demo of how things are done. Uh, it's given everyone else in the industry a lot of ideas on how they can run their business. Um, the other thing too is like every company is becoming a tech company. Uh, mm-hmm. If you weren't a tech company 10 years ago, you are now. And if you're a tech company, you have to be a cloud company. And if you're a cloud company, the people building those digital products and cloud experiences have to be able to operate at that scale and at that speed other cloud companies are operating at. And so uh, there's a huge business need to figure out how to ship products and experiences faster to customers in order to stay ahead of the curve and you know win customer business. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, and you know, um, talking about like uh, just the dev and the ops team. Uh, you know, a few years ago there was a lot of talk about breaking silos between these teams with the whole DevOps uh, movement yeah. and all of that. Uh, you know, but now you know we. Along with the, with the platform model, I think one uh, point that I hear coming out uh, clearly is that there's also a need for separation of concerns between the two teams and, uh, you know, not making the two teams to get in the way of each other. And I think the platform model actually, uh, you know, is a great balance between these two concepts. Uh, you know, would you agree with that? And, you know, could you talk a bit more on just how the platform model really, uh, you know, is a good balance? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think I think there might be you know, separation of concerns is actually a concept that comes from computer science. And Mm -hmm. I think um, in like architectural or engineering principles, and I think sometimes it's interpreted uh, or perceived by people um, without that background as like, oh, it means division of labor. (laughs) It means like there's a firewall between two groups and you just focus on your part and you focus on your part and you never talk to each other. And that's actually not really... Um, the way it works, like I actually think of separation of concerns uh, from an API perspective, right? Like okay. in computer science, the best way to get two entities to work well together that are distinct and separate is by defining a protocol or defining an API that allows them to come to come Talk together to with a contract. Um, and uh, what a platform effectively does by sitting in between infrastructure applications and the teams that build them 
is allows both developers and operators to come together and work together with like a contract or like an API. You know, <laughs> the all the developer has to do is submit a request and as uh, for what they want, <laughs> and the platform, having been de defined and curated by those operators the platform gives them a response uh, back, gives them the thing that they want, as long as it meets, you know, certain requirements and parameters that have been defined. Okay, okay, really interesting. You know, I think that really set, sets up, you know, what we're trying to solve with this, you know, platform model and all of that. I'd like to spend some time just going into a bit about cross-plane and how it does this and a bit about upbound and what it adds to that as well. Uh, so, you know, if you could talk a bit about just uh, cross-plane and just how it solves, you know, this uh, problem of you know, running Kubernetes clusters on multi-cloud systems, you know, because that's what everyone wants to do today. Uh, you know, and if you could give us sort of how cross-plane actually solves this problem, uh, that would be great to start off with. Yeah, so I think um, it, it might be helpful too to think about cross-plane as it really is more of a framework for building a control plane and less okay. about like deploying or running, you know, uh, something in production. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what Crossplane allows, what Crossplane allows you to do is define a control plane um, mm -hmm. for, you know, your operators and developers, right? And mm -hmm. using Crossplane, you can define, for example, like what Kubernetes is for your company. Um, mm -hmm. You can, and you can present a really simple interface to your developers that says, uh, you know, here, submit a request. All you have to do is name your cluster. Tell, tell us whether, you not, whether or not you want it to be fast, whether it's slow for development or whether you want it to be like cheap and what cloud provider you want to run the cluster on. Submit the request to Crossplane and Crossplane mm -hmm. will provision that infrastructure. Now, it sounds like magic, it kind of is to a developer, right? The interesting part is kind of what ha what's happening behind the scenes on the control plane. Mm -hmm. And so what cross-plane and control planes in general allow you, your operators to do is basically define a cust that custom API. So I just talked about the interface. Okay. There's a bunch of logic and, and um, you know, on the back end of that interface, of the interface that the operators define, which specify like, uh, you know, this is how the Kubernetes cluster is going to have do networking. This is how many nodes you're going to have. You know, we're going to present the option that says fast cluster, slow cluster, or cheap cluster. And, mm -hmm. you know, these are the, the specific specifications that um, around networking, node count, resource groups, et cetera, that the cluster um, is going to adhere to or, or mm -hmm. have. Uh, when when that's sort of requested, I don't know if that answers your question exactly. Um, we can get into like how crossplane works at a really technical level, but I also don't want to like no, jump yeah, super and, deep real quick. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted to get a little bit more. I get that you know API yeah. seems to be the, the key concept here, okay. but in terms of like defining these configuration and all of that, uh, mm -hmm. how do you do it? Are there files you define them in, or is there yeah. some other way? So. Um, Crossplane is really interesting in the sense where um, it is built on top of the Kubernetes API. Um, so okay. you, the way it works is you basically install Crossplane into a Kubernetes cluster, and then mm -hmm. Crossplane extends that the Kubernetes API. So mm -hmm. Kubernetes actually has a really amazing like operating model 
um, for uh, that is built and architected around a lot of these same concepts like separation of concerns, declarative infrastructure management, continuous reconciliation, et cetera. But mm -hmm. the API from, of Kubernetes by default only knows about things like pods, containers, deployments. It's all about one use case, which is application and container orchestration, right? Mm -hmm. um, what Crossplane do, did was recognize that you could take that same operating model and extend it to things outside the cluster. And so Crossplane actually adds um, through a technology, and we can get into it maybe later, like called um, custom resource definitions, adds different types into your Kubernetes cluster, extends the API, and all of a sudden you can orchestrate buckets and RDS and EC2, as well as your own types that you define, like grants database, grants network, whatever else it might be, um, the same way you would orchestrate an application or like a pod or something like that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd like if you could just, uh, you know, since you mentioned it already and brought up CRDs, you know, just uh, what are CRDs and how does Crossplane leverage CRDs? Yeah, it's a so that's a that's a really good question. Um, so CRDs are well, what they stand for first of all is like uh, custom resource definition, and it's actually hmm. a really interesting, innovative. Uh, technology in Kubernetes. Um, mm -hmm. So fundamentally, like one of the one of the design principles around CRDs in Kubernetes was this idea that Kubernetes was going to allow users to extend its API. So it has mm -hmm. a really powerful like type system. You know, every resource has like a RESTful path and interface um, in it already. And the mm -hmm. idea behind custom resource definitions is, well, why don't we allow users to define new types? in the Kubernetes cluster. And when a new CRD is added or installed into a cluster, the Kubernetes API server creates like a new RESTful paths, path for that resource type. Um, what that really means is like, when, when you have a, that RESTful path, now the users or uh, of the Kubernetes cluster um, can create custom objects of that type using the Kubernetes API, if you wanna get like into it. Um, mm -hmm. What Crossplane does, is Crossplane has adds CRDs to your Kubernetes cluster by installing packages we call providers, kind of like Terraform providers. Okay. Okay. Conceptually the same thing. Mm -hmm. And providers contain definitions or, or CRDs for things like buckets and data, databases and compute. Basically think of like go to the Amazon Cloud Console and click like the dropdown and you know all I think 1500 or whatever services that they mm -hmm. have in there, uh, there will be a CRD for those API endpoints in um, the cross-plane AWS provider. Wow, that's awesome. So all this has been built by the open source community or uh, were these already available? Yeah, and so this is the, this is the key thing um, and why as a company, we realized you had to open source the framework for building control planes versus have it be yet another like vendor driven um, solution, right? Is mm -hmm. all of those providers are community driven and open source. And the project, the project's goal and charter is to make it a place where not just, you know, upbound, but other vendors can collaborate on those providers as well. And so the Crossplane project has been working with AWS and Azure and Google to actually, you know, engineers and teams in there have been collaborating in the open source 
to like hook up code generation pipelines that already exist for generating the CLIs and SDKs for those cloud services to also generate resources in those providers for cross-plane so you have you know maximum coverage. Awesome. Wow. Sounds really amazing. You know what's happening, just bringing together open source and the hyperscalers and you know that everyone's working together uh, you know, towards this. Sounds really awesome. And, you know, as we're winding down, I just want to ask about, you know, you spoke a lot about cross-plane and its capabilities. Yeah. And I'd like for you to just uh, touch upon as well, um, upbound and what upbound adds to uh, what cross-plane does. Yeah. So, I mean, the short, the short story is that upbound is a turnkey solution for building okay. and managing your entire platform with this control plane approach. And cross-plane is like a, is simply like a project you can use to build your own control plane. You know, realistically, there's a long way to go from between, you know, building a control plane and then deployed into production and then running a whole platform on it with users and UIs and interfaces and, and things like that. So it's kind of similar. You can almost think of it as um, a similar relationship between Kubernetes and GKE um, mm -hmm. or Kuber better, better one is actually Kubernetes and like Cloud Run. Um, so Kubernetes, is, very few people run Kubernetes, like vanilla Kubernetes in production. Um, similarly, very few people should be running like cross-plane open source in production. It's uh, what Upbound does is gives you an easy button to get a control plane uh, deployed into production and designed in a way that to be secure, uh, highly performant and multi-tenant. And what our product does is gives you the ability to create like virtual control planes. Um, and those virtual control planes allow you to run multiple control planes on one cluster. They're designed with to serve like multi-tenant use cases in mind. So if you, um, you know, today, if you install Crossplane in a single Kubernetes cluster and want it to talk and interact with multiple service accounts and, and cloud, and cloud accounts, uh, it doesn't really do that. Uh, but Upbound and our virtual control plane technology, for example, allow you to do that. And then wow. that's like the key core of it. On top mm -hmm. of it, we have an amazing UI and UX, uh, like a console that you can deploy to your customers to provision the APIs you've defined um, with Crossplane, um, and you know audit logs, reporting, billing, cost estimation, all that stuff. Awesome. You know, if you could tell us a bit about even the UI, how and how it's different for a developer versus an operator. What do they do when they go in? What are the typical tasks they do? What 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 do they expect? That's a great question. Um, the upbound console interface is effectively designed to look and feel like your company's own custom AWS cloud console. And depending on the permissions users who have access to this UI have, they can do you know, different things. So most users will use it just to like provision databases and other, other services you've defined for your company. Other users, maybe like people who are admins of the system will also use it to like debug, you know, same interface, different things show up. Um, they'll use it to debug the platform. They'll use it to understand, you know, why an application is performing uh, incorrectly or look at it and understand what, um, you know, network settings have been um, consistently getting, uh, 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 rewritten by another, you know, process or something in the system. Um, and so, yeah, 
two, one console, two personas, and it works, uh, it looks and feels like your company's own AWS cloud console. Oh, awesome. But you know, it adds to one more, there's one more console to sort of log into and, you know, keep track of and all of that. So, you know, if, uh, you know, for upon customers, um, where do they spend most of their time? Is it in the upbound console? Or is it in the AWS Azure console? You know, or, or what's the split? Or for what kind of tasks do they need to go to AWS? And, you know, um, if you could just share that split, because, you know, I'm just thinking of this thing of, you know, management complexity and how, you know, is there too much to juggle between, you know, if you could talk to that a bit. Oh, totally. Um, so the application teams and developers who are, you know, self-servicing, uh, infrastructure with your platform, spend all of their time in the upbound console. It's super, you can control their experience. You can control what the interface looks like. And it's totally dynamically generated depending on the, you know, those API definitions you have in, inside your control planes, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, if you want, um, a lot of times actually what's interesting increasingly is like operators are also using it for debugging because they get a single view across Azure, um, AWS, on-prem, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. of how their infrastructure is performing. Um, mm -hmm. And, but the cool thing is you can e very easily, you know, link out from the upbound console. You can click on a link and actually be taken to, you oh, know, okay. the specific resource inside of AWS. So oh. you don't have to like, you know, have a bunch of tabs open or, you know, try to try to map like what this thing in upbound is and what it looks like in AWS. It just, it, 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 it passes you through uh, directly. That's really convenient. And probably in some cases, you can even just solve the issue right from upbound, upbound without even having to visit the AWS console, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of that is because the, the um, uh, resources you're viewing are defined and being managed in your control plane. And so if you want to change a configuration setting, all you have to do is update the configuration, deploy that into the control plane and upbound, and uh, you know the control plane manages the and changes the state of the actual resource in the in the cloud provider. All right, awesome. So you know we spoke about a lot. We spoke about uh, the platform model, why it's gaining traction, how customers look at it, how vendors, the open source community are coming together to solve for it. We spoke about cross-plane and just its take on the platform model, how it uses APIs, how it leverages CRDs. We spoke about upbound and how it makes all of this really easy and uh, just gives you a really easy to use interface that brings it all together. You know, so I think we covered a lot, but you know, if you were to just summarize all of that, uh, you know, and if you were to pro probably give uh, our listeners and our viewers just uh, one uh, key takeaway from all of this, uh, what would that be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think fund like, you know, fundamentally boiling it all down, the reality is every company in the world is building a platform today. You probably already have one. Maybe you're building it for the first time. Maybe you're replatforming for, you know, uh, you know, the 10th time or whatever, but you're building a platform. And unless you have a control plane, powering that platform, you're going to find yourself building it over again. And you're going to find yourself trying to figure out how to do self-service and how to have a single pane of glass and, you know, fundamentally how to get applications and value to your customers faster. Um, you know, a year from now, if you're not building on the right architecture and the right framework. And so 
that's just happening in the industry. We think uh, at the very least, like Crossplane is a great framework for building that control plane and getting one of those. So then Upbound is you know the turnkey solution for deploying that into production and running your entire platform with it. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Grant. That was really informative. That was really interesting. Uh, thanks so much for just breaking all of that down. It was really awesome. Uh, Good. So we, yeah, we're coming to the last uh, segment. Uh, so we have uh, get to know you bunch of questions, uh, which are uh, just fun. I love asking them. So uh, yeah, here goes. We got about five of them. Okay. So the first one, uh, one person that you can't believe you had the honor of meeting. Could be oh, a man. celebrity, could be someone, huh. maybe someone you knew that you didn't, I don't know. <laughs> that's a new one uh, at all. <laughs> that, that, that one takes me by surprise. Um, I think I, I met Bob Dole once um, okay. I, in, in passing. Uh, very, very strange thing, but um, I, was, I was much younger, obviously, and uh, met him. But that's maybe the, the, the most famous person I've ever met. <laughs> Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm. I don't know who Bob Dole is. Forgive me. Oh, it was like I think he was a senator, uh, like a presidential candidate uh, oh, okay, okay. in like the mid '90s. Yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Wow. Okay. So, you, do you follow politics closely? Uh, I try not to. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, if uh, the next one for you, uh, if you wrote a book, its title would be. Um. I, how, how to move fast and not break as many things. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty good title actually. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, this, yeah. So we just briefly ch chatting before the interview and I found out that you're into dogs. So your favorite dog breed. Oh, golden retriever. Oh, that was quick. That, that okay. one's easy. That one's easy. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have one yourself at any point? No, but there. Um, I, I have a lot of friends and everything that that do some family that does as well. And honestly, some of the just the nicest dogs in the world. Super fun. Yeah, and, so, yeah, yeah. friendly. <laughs> friendly. Very friendly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, your favorite productivity hack? Uh, a tool called Rome Research. Okay, it's like I'm a part of it. It's like a a, uh, a note taking tool, basically, is ah, the okay. way to think of it. Yeah. So what's it called again? Rome. Rome research. Yeah, it's research, like uh, yes. I I don't think I could do my job with it uh, or without it. Rather. Interesting. I'm gonna check it out. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, one habit or skill or achievement of yours that uh, you picked up or you did you achieved during the pandemic. Uh, I learned how to cook more, uh, homemade meals. I have not, I've not wow. mastered that skill, but, uh, I can cook, like I can cook a handful of things, uh, without, without much supervision. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you got to tell us one example of what you can cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we were starting before at a really low bar of like, you know, sandwiches <laughs> and salads. And so we, you know, graduated to like, like, uh, um, uh, mushroom risotto and uh, okay. like a, a chickpea curry curry soup type of thing. Ah, sounds delicious. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that's about the questions we had for you. 
lastly, just want to know where do we find you online? How do we connect with you? Um, so I'm mostly on Strava. That's like the social media I use the most big cyclists here. Um, but if you, okay. if you want to follow, uh, um, the company on Twitter, uh, at upbound underscore IO is, uh, the account to follow. I also have a Twitter account, Grant Gamina on Twitter, but I don't tweet a lot. Um, good or bad thing. You'll, you'll hear a lot of product announcements from me and, and not much else. Yeah, a lot's happening at Twitter right now, actually. <laughs> Let's see how that goes down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a pleasure talking to you, Grant. Thanks so much for just sharing uh, so much information and uh, just being really uh, fun to talk to. Really enjoyed having you over on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Twain. Really appreciated this. All right. And uh, all of our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like more of this, these kind of in-depth tech discussions on the space, the cloud-native Kubernetes space, uh, I want to encourage you to head over to amazic.com. That's where we post all of this good stuff. There's articles, there's videos, there's job listings, events, there's a whole lot more happening. So go and check it out and you, you definitely uh, love visiting there. So uh, that's it. Signing off now, Dwayne. Uh, and uh, thanks again, Grant. It was great having you. All right, guys. See you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.